What's Swinging Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Steel Mace Nation podcast. I am Fred Moore, and today's podcast is with Howard Bowens. Uh, he's on Instagram as Body by Bowens, and he is the founder of Well Vibes Organic, which uh, sells CBD, and he's also a big Steel Mace guy. He's in the Chicago area. Uh, we all into discussion about training with the mace and and just you know like all the um concepts behind his idea of training and it's it's a fun podcast so enjoy it and before we go to the podcast just want to send a big shout out to macefit.com for jumping on board and becoming a sponsor macefit uh is basically a certification program you could go uh, through the system, and you can learn how to swing heavy mace um, and clubs. And they use Addicts Mace, and Addicts is also a sponsor of the podcast. And you can purchase an Addicts Mace or club from Don over at Addicts using the discount code SMN19. SMN19, it gives you a 10% discount. And of course, we got Ongo Energy Spray. Ongo Energy Spray is a metered uh, dose of caffeine. About three pumps will deliver 75 milligrams of caffeine, and it works within three minutes. Uh, skip the workout, uh, the pre-workout, skip the coffee and the bloat and having to pee and the coffee breath and all that stuff. Um, use it on a long ride home so you don't fall asleep at the wheel. I know I've done that quite a few times. So... Check out Ongo Energy Spray. Use the discount code SteelMace25 for 25% off. Grab two or three, throw them in the stocking for Christmas. All right, everybody. Check out the podcast. And I, there was a, it was two years ago, I think, when I was first starting to get into the unconventional exercise, and I was like really trying to explore all the concepts. And I, um, I probably would have started off probably around September, just training outside and continuing through, through this time. Yeah. And two years ago, I would have been able to train in this outside uh, with just like a hoodie on and some sweatpants, but in, and be okay. Because I like, I train myself. Like that's how your, your, your nervous system can respond to that. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise it now for myself because I hadn't really been doing it, but uh, yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. So you, like um, you, you're talking about like if you want to train in the cold, you basically it's all reps. You got to work yourself up into it, right? Start light in a way, and and right, work into exactly, it. yeah. Just like you would train exactly reps for for uh, uh, strength training, uh, kind of the same thing. You can start out a little bit cold. Your body gets acclimated, um, but you just don't want to do it drastically. That's the biggest thing. You don't want to just go from like being comfortable to being completely uncomfortable, right? Um, if you're doing it in 40 degrees and then 30 degrees and then you're starting in at 20 then you know 11 degrees might not be so bad but it, i haven't Oof. been doing it recently so. <laughs> that's you know i ain't going out there and doing it today but that way yeah, yeah yeah no i mean you know like when it gets cold uh you know like when i'm working at the fire department um we like the cold weather only just for the fact that we don't sweat our asses off in all our turnout gear i'm sure yeah but when we have to actually work in it, you know, when you're out there for hours, you know, and, and you're standing in water and stuff. Oh my God, it is friggin' miserable. You just want to kill yourself. It's yeah. I'm sure that sounds terrible. Yeah. You it's, add water to it. It always changes the element too. It's like, come on. Yeah. 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 It's not fun at all. You know, 
But I mean, like growing up, uh, you, are you always uh, from Chicago, or did you move there? Or you don't want to know where I'm from, man. I, I'm making. <laughs> I'm, I'm originally from California. Oh my goodness! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you don't. That's you don't Yeah, you don't see so that happen. Why are you here? <laughs> yeah. No, uh, my wife's from the Midwest, though. I went to to college in the Midwest. I went to school in uh, Ohio, so I kind of, uh, I, I kind of got acclimated to the to this whole seasons thing um, when I was going to school um, and playing ball and uh, yeah so it's not so so bad now but you know I still got California blood running through my veins so. yeah what what <laughs> part of California from uh, so it's called Claremont California so like 30 minutes um, east of LA oh okay yeah I um, I like it out there I went for a visit uh, a couple years ago with my wife and my daughter we went to go see my wife's cousins and we went to SeaWorld and um you know checked out like disney over there and everything i've never been to any of the disneys and and like i don't like the heat so much i've been to florida before it's it's all right you know but i really yeah. like california good mexican food good sushi oh my god yeah. we had yeah. some banging Probably. sushi out there so sure. really cool and I, I i look forward to going back out again and everything but you know i really like chicago too um i wish i didn't just stay for the 24-hour period but that's all i was able to to hit but yeah. I, I was glad i got to go to danny's uh workshop and, and and yours too you were that you were you were running it too and and you kicked in at the end with um the uh, decompress the decompression phase uh, to b before everybody was released and everything and uh, you you were really adept at that and I liked that uh, that time that we spent just unwinding a little bit and everything is that one of your fortes is that something that you're uh, you've trained a lot in yeah it is um, <clears throat> so when I so I played football in college uh, that was a long time ago now man um, but um, just growing up through college football, high school football, I was always really strong um, and, you know, pretty fast, explosive, but I, I, my hips, man, were like always really tight. Like yeah. and my back was always really tight and I never considered myself to be like flexible person growing up at all. Like I, I pretty much like given up on it, you know? Um, but when I got out of football and I made the transition into like becoming a coach, strength coach, you know, one of the, my things was like, as, as I was learning more about like exercise science and stuff, like, man, is there a way that we can take somebody like me who feels like they have no hope and like, like maybe there's a certain, you know, strategy to where I can, if I learned it, I could make myself become more flexible or start to understand those concepts of flexibility because we're all human beings. I assume that, you know, we're born with different talents, but I believe that you can always train something, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah man i i, I i'm a, like an obsessive person so like when i get into something like that if i get motivated like that i just like go in deep i look at everything i look at all these channels i look at all the science and I'm trying to like i'm trying to like build something build something and eventually i did get to a point where i got connected with a um education group called anatomy trains and what what they do is they have a viewpoint on the body that um, centers around fascial connections, myofascial connections, yeah. different fascial lines. And, um, you know, I accidentally got into one of their, their, uh, their classrooms. I thought it was for everyone. It turned out it was specifically for like manual therapists um, at the time. 
And, you know, I, I tried to get out of it. I emailed the instructor and I'm like, hey, like, I think I got into the wrong class. Can I get my money back? Like, I'll go with the other class. And the instructor was like, no, like, you know, I think you would still be able to learn a lot coming to class and doing palpation and like feeling where this is, where that is and understanding. So I went to the course, absolutely loved it, completely changed. And this is like, you know, I'd gotten my CSCS. I, I'd gotten like all these other like personal training certifications and stuff like that, that were all focused on performance. Um, but I still like, I, I walked, like when I walked out of that classroom, I was like, man, I don't know anything about fascia or really about flexibility or the goal of flexibility or any strategy towards it. Um, and so I, I took probably six more of those classes. Each of the classes were, were specific to like a different part of body, like shoulders and arms and hands, like, you know, hips, um, legs and feet, um, you know, around the rib cage and spine. And, uh, the more understanding I had with that, I was able to find that strategy. And now, people don't believe me when I tell them that I was like super tight. All my clients are like, you were never tight. I don't believe it. I'm like, I'm telling you, my teammates were laughing at me. You know what I'm saying? They were wow. like, how, like, how are you able to function and play football? Yeah. Like that. Um, so it was basically just through, through trying to figure that out. I was able to like, yeah, gain proficiency in that. Um, and really learn a lot about other things, especially steel mace. Yeah. Right. You know what's really cool um, that I'm noticing now because, like, I'm I'm at that point in my life where I'm working on my tight hips all the time. In fact, I just I go for specialized training just to get my hip flexors moving, you know. And and it, it, this is what's so cool. Um, the coaches like you and and uh, these other strength coaches who focus on the hips and the glutes and the hamstrings and you know basically all this tightness they're like on another level because like everybody wants to get, everybody wants to be strong, right? Like, Oh, I want to be stronger. And it's always relative too. It's like, well, I'm always, I always want to be stronger. Like as if there's no ceiling to how strong you could be. And we're always trying to find strength by adding more weight to the bar or whatever. But when you actually access your hips and your, and you start getting loose you get yeah. stronger because you're able to use your hips better and you're exactly and you can and then it just you just automatically get stronger you're actually using more of the muscle that god gave you and like you just said the fascia which i think is uh fascinating to learn about because like the way i understand it and maybe you can chime in here the fascia is just basically the sack that holds all the muscle together right and it sort of connects all your muscle segments together like your biceps and your your pecs and everything so the fascia almost like like incorporates everything in one focused push or or pull right yeah yeah definitely i mean that's a that's a it's really hard to explain what fascia because it does do a lot of things but that you did an amazing job of explaining that yeah it can it's you know when we used to talk about like training chains of muscle, right? How do we decide which chains of muscle need to be trained? Right. You know, there has to be something that kind of gives us an idea as to what's connected to what, what's the end of this chain, what's the end of that chain? Um, and so, yeah, fascia, you know, physically is connective tissue that covers, um, it, you can think of it as covering the entire body, and, and but you could also think of it as 
entering into all the crevices between muscles, uh, between muscle groups. It just, you know, if I'm thinking about my erectors in my spine, right, they're going upward to help my spine stay erect. But then I have rhomboids that are going more horizontal. Um, so the idea is that like my rhomboids connecting into my scapula, connecting into my arms, and then I have my uh, erectors going up through up to the skull. Um, you know, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for them to to be on the same level of, of tissue, right? Right. So basically the arm line is just a fascial connection that goes from hand to hand, arm to arm, is is on top of that erector, the, the line that goes up the spine up to the skull. And those lines can slide on one another. That's why when I reach across with my arm, my scapula can slide around and the tissue, the fascial tissue, one layer is sliding over another layer. Um, so that's kind of an idea of how fascial tissue can um, interact. And sometimes for immobility, for instance, if we don't have that gliding, if we don't practice that gliding a lot, um, if our fascia is not lubricated, say we're not you know, as hydrated or we don't have as much you know, collagen and, and um, other uh, compounds that are going to help take care of our fascial tissue, then the fascial can, can, can get stuck to one another. Um, and then it's going to inhibit the arm from working correctly. It's going to inhibit the spine from working cor correctly in that instance. Um, so to be able to recognize that, first of all, you, we have to understand the properties of fascia, the fascia lines, how those lines interact. So someone who understands that can say right away, oh, I see. I'm going to either do some kind of manual therapy technique or I'm going to, the way that I set up my movement, I'm going to set it up in such a way to where um, I'm going to make it so my spine has to be stable. And the only way for me to get that range is for uh, that fascial adhesion to really be stressed. So it breaks apart and then I get that range, but you can't build that strategy if you don't know that first, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. And you know, this just brings to mind now, uh, steel mace. Um, so you're talking about the fascial lines sliding across each other. And I'm just picturing, the upper back when you're doing a 360 swing and the scapula are moving and and I, I'm picturing the fascial lines really moving a lot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's one of the unique things about the steel mace is the steel mace because of the offset weight um, and because of the length um, of the implement and the, you know potentially that weight can be very offset, more so offset than probably anything you're using. Period. Um, it causes a dramatic shift, a dramatic effect on the body right away. Uh, so a lot of times it gives a lot of input to the body, which almost forces a lot of the fascial adhesions to, to break up. So it could be a lot more efficient in training fascia. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. That, so yeah, if, if you're using the weight or if you're using the mace, I should say, and mm. your, your body has these adhesions, it's, it's going to look for a way to, to, move it the way you want right so it has to essentially break down those adhesions in order for that to happen it has to i mean there's you're definitely going to still need to probably have some assistance i mean you can still kind of go through like a warm-up and a stretching thing you know as long as it's targeted towards you know those specific areas manual therapy is still great right. um if you have someone who does like fascial manual therapy um doing that before you get into steel may session you're going to see 
a huge difference. Um, that's what I do with a lot of my clients. Um, and then, yeah, it does take a little bit of time. You, and you just want to have to make sure your understanding for what you're trying to do with the steel mace is um, adequate because you can get away with, you know, I've seen some mace 360s that have not changed for people over long periods of time because, you know, your body can figure out a way to do it incorrect or in, in, in not an ideal way, if you will. You True, know? And right. we know the difference because we've seen swings that are incredibly smooth and you're like how is this guy able to swing it like that yeah. and then you see swings that looks like they're really having a hard time swinging that around um you know even if it's an extremely light steel mace so there you know that there's still something that's limiting the freedom of movement um so although a mace is great at challenging that you still have to know what you're doing you know yeah you have to have that you have to have a good strategy so yeah sure yeah now I got a question. So you you used to play ball. Mm -hmm. If you had um, access to a mace back in those days, would that have been a game changer in any way? Yes. If I understood how to use the steel mace like I do now, back then, complete game changer. If I knew a lot of things, it would have been a complete game changer. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. like I like now I feel I feel great. I mean I really I've been exploring parts of movement that I've never have even thought about exploring like you know inversions all kinds of different hanging techniques um you know i don't know if you looked at my instagram a lot of different body weight flows and stuff like that ground-based flows all that stuff man i'm telling you uh, i wouldn't have even if you would have asked me 10 years ago i would have told you i'll never be able to do that stuff right yeah that's uh I, that seems to be a, a common trend with people when they pick up the mace is that they they do uh allow it to lead into other things that mm -hmm. you probably wouldn't have done if you were sticking to the same old traditional training and everything. But this is like a question I ask, and I don't know. I mean, you're probably asking a lot of people too uh, that you encounter. I, I talked to a power lifter who's familiar with the mace and they said it's a game changer and they, they gave me a good example as to why. Um, mm -hmm. And I thought this was fascinating. He was, he was saying that um, one of the big challenges with Olympic lifts and you're doing the snatch is when you get it cleared over your head is holding your structure for that time and that what happens is a lot of the athletes will start to actually rotate mm -hmm. you know one side of their core is is leaking right and it's it's mm -hmm. a little weaker so they start rotating and that you know doing 360 swings is a great way to train up an athlete to tighten up that leak or at least uh know what to do when they start rotating maybe not be so quick to just drop the weight so they could get the the clear that they finished their lift or whatever um and then and then in a i, I spoke to a tennis player you know and, and you know of course you know that could be a ball player any kind of baseball player or anything anybody that's uh doing athletic um you know event or whatever so everybody says it's a game changer yeah yeah and i mean one thing is we talked about the offset weighted just as far as like, you know, being able to take advantage of like lever length um, and how your body experiences that, that, that mass or the weight. Um, but another thing too, is like any off, any offside, any offset weight implement is going to expose asymmetries yeah. drastically as well. So, you know, in the sense of that, like doing a swing, if you know that you have an imbalance from a rotation standpoint, while something's over your head, when you're doing a swing, you can tell when one side is like different than the other side. Yeah. Like 
night and day. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you do a lot of, if you do a lot of balance implements all the time, a lot of barbells and stuff with both hands, you know, people don't realize usually one side's doing more work, but it's hard. It's kind of hard to feel that when your both hands are connected to an implement and, you know, you're just worried about the weight that you're doing. You're just getting it up. But as soon as you put that in one hand, and you try to do a swing and another hand try to do a swing or even one hand on top versus the other hand on top directionally it's like why does this feel way more comfortable and this feels like i can't even do it right you know what i mean and you almost would never have even thought about that had you not dealt with that particular implement so stuff like that you can almost use the mace as like an, a corrective like indicator if you will yeah or like a gauge of where you're at yeah. or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. It, that's such a good point too because like i'm just thinking now of uh like using the like say um you're at the gym and you have the cable machine right and you're mm -hmm. doing um something in you're, like something like one arm something in the transverse plane kind of you know maybe uh uh i don't like a pec exercise but where you're rotating your whole body and when you switch over to your other arm you don't really uh, detect any difference like yeah. if they just if they're like it's almost like two separate halves and they do their own thing and mm -hmm. but then when you use the mace that's the one implement where it's like oh no i could definitely feel a difference on like i i always i was just doing one arm swings this morning and and my left arm just always feels a little weird you yeah. know compared to my right arm but then i'm like okay but that's what it is but i i, I gotta train it more but you know you want to try to swing the same on both sides and yeah right and you you detect maybe your left arm is not exactly the same mm -hmm. yeah it's and it's probably i mean it's probably never going to be that like right. that's also the realization because you know a lot of it is that you're just right-handed and you don't even realize you go through life doing everything with your right hand of course yeah. it's going to be better at stuff um but like you said but now at least you know you can use that left hand and like for me at least when i know i start getting good at swings in that left hand and I'm doing bodyweight stuff too, I can kind of tell like my left hand is just getting better in everything. I'm like the input and the fact that the swings also have such a skill component too. It's, it's not just like doing like a single arm chest press. It's like not a ton of skill, right? It's just like yeah. going straight up, straight down. Right. Um, no matter what the, you know, when you're going through that swing, that single hand, it's like you're, you're having to position the shoulder, you're getting back behind, you're coming around and catching it, which essentially is, you're stabilizing, letting go of the stability a little bit. Obviously, you're still holding onto the mace, but you're allowing momentum to kick in, and then you're catching it. So it's it's a it's really kind of a delicate movement that you have to have a lot of awareness to perform. Yeah, and, and so it helps with skill as well. Yeah, I I in fact um, noticed it a while ago where it probably was more of like a protective mechanism with my left arm. I mm -hmm. was more muscling it around, like I was I mm -hmm. wouldn't just give to that full drop in the back, you know, as I yeah. with my right arm. And and I noticed, like, my arm would feel a little sore maybe or something, but not, like, a good sore. So yeah. when I started allowing my hand to just drop behind my head, it started to feel better. But you, you, like you say, it's that mindfulness, right? Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I've never been so mindful about my movement until I started using a mace. I mean, it yeah. really forces you – to pay such strict attention definitely it's i 100% agree with that it's it's you know something like it's hard to in in the past it was hard for me to explain to people like what body awareness is you know like 
Um, and I think body awareness is a big part of athleticism. Right. Um, but just explain to people like, yeah, like they have great body awareness. They, they have a great ability to understand where their body is in space right now, how it feels, and then how it's going to feel when I go through this range of motion and when I do this and what I have to do to get there, you know, um, and the steel mace does, it's just, just working with it. It just, it just builds it automatically. Like, yeah. you know, I get done with a steel mace session, like two days later, I feel like I'm like, even when I'm just walking around, like I'm getting in touch with all these different little spots that I didn't even really pay attention to before. I probably wasn't utilizing, you know? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And then like to your point earlier, um, you know, like animal flow, ground-based movement and stuff, you know, I started, I started doing it too, like every other person who's doing days. Right. <laughs> and, and I'm like, yeah, I would have never really felt this good on the ground with my wrists bent this far, you know? Um, I mean, cause I remember, you know, crawling on the floor with my, with my little daughter before I, you know, picked up Mace and I noticed my wrist was hurting and I'd always say, ah, oh, that's probably from my job or, you know, whatever. But, you know, you start to, you start your body shutting down, your joints are getting messed up and everything. And yeah. now I could, I could crawl on the floor and do uh, sit throughs and, and beast and, and all that. And yeah. it feels good. And I like doing those movements and they don't bother me. For sure. And yeah, now I mean, that's going to backfeed to the mace because you're moving mm -hmm. like that on the floor. Now you can move better. It just keeps parlaying into the next thing you're doing. They definitely complement one another very well. Um, yeah, man. I mean, and that kind of what, that, that's kind of what took me into my next stage of trying to understand the mace. So, you know, I, I, I got into the mace just like everyone else. Um, I, or at least everyone else I talked to was basically, you know, they're seeing this stuff on social media and they're like, that looks really cool. <laughs> you know, like I kind of want to try that, see what it's like, see what it's all about. Yeah. And, you know, I bought a mace and I was like, damn, this thing is hard. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, right. it's hard to use. Uh, and so I started using it a lot, a ton, you know, I told you like, I'm kind of obsessive. So I was just like, I don't want to just keep using it. I want to keep using it until I start to look like what these guys look like, just smooth, yeah. you know, and just my educational background, I would pick up on all kinds of other little things that I noticed were happening. It was, it's almost a benefit that I wasn't a great mover, like that I was almost like a really bad mover so that I could understand like all of the little progressions to get me to the point where I'm just like a better mover now to the point where people are like asking me, how do you move like that? Like that, that journey for me ultimately is, I think has made me a better coach because I've, I've been wanting to understand why, 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 why I have like, you know, 25 years of my life, I have been doing all kinds of different stretches and stuff like that. And it hasn't helped me, but all of a sudden I'm starting to break these patterns and I'm starting to get into these like new different movement patterns and flows and stuff. And that I never thought I'd be able to do, like, why is that the case? And, you know, having the background with the anatomy trains and understanding like truly, I mean, I'm talking about those, each one of those workshops is like, it's three days and, you know, like, nine hour days uh, where we're just in like lecturing, palpating on each other, like feeling what this feels like, feeling with that, but like learning again, back and forth. Um, I can start really connect exactly how the mace 
is affecting the body so I can map it out, you know? And, and so now I'm working on, um, restorative maze training, which is, which goal is not just going to be like, I want to improve my skill with the maze. You know, that's not, that's, that's the secondary goal, but that's not really the goal. Um, and that's kind of the training that I was doing when I was starting out was like, I just want to train. So I feel like I can do these flows and I started doing the flows, but I understood that like, man, like the general population, they're not going to be able to do these flows for a while, you right. know? So yeah. we have to understand like, how can I just take those people and get to get them to this point? Like to me, that's the most valuable thing. We've seen a lot of people that are great athletes get the mace and do things that a great athlete would do. But I haven't seen a ton of people that were terrible athletes become better athletes with the mace because they're usually afraid of it. Yeah. Um, so that's what really pushed me, pushed me, pushed me to start thinking about the concepts behind um, what I'm working on now, which is restorative mace training and being able to convey that to basically anyone, you know, like a movement professional, whether, you know, NFL team came to me and asked me, why should I use the mace? The doctor came up to me and asked me, why should I be able to use the mace? That I'd be able to clearly convey to them exactly how they can use this mace to correct the movement patterns of whoever they want. Um, and, you know, it's going to make sense to them. Sure, yeah. And, I, I, you know, just thinking about my journey with the mace and then when I coach people, how you have to teach yourself and you also have to teach your clients how to be honest with with the mace in other words actually like try hard with it because obviously you could always cheat a little bit you know you could cheat with your uppercut and be way out over here with it you know choose the path of least resistance but when you constantly cue your client like hey you gotta you gotta get your joints stacked and everything and then they feel how harder it is when they do this now you're teaching them mindfulness Mm -hmm. and they start appreciating good form and yeah. why good form. I mean, come on, you know, you go, I remember going to the gym in my twenties and we would just, whatever, arch your back, do whatever, just get mm -hmm. the weight up. Horrible form. Yeah. Oh, pushing a lot of weight around. Yeah. Now if you try using perfect form, you better drop the weight by like half. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, I feel like, uh, you know, you teach somebody how to use a mace when they're young, before they even go into the weight room, they'll go into the weight room with a different mindset and different perspective on how, how they're moving the weight and everything. Yeah. Um, but now restorative, you're talking about athletes who are what, like beating themselves up just in the norm or you're talking more like so, physical so that's therapy. A good, that's a good point. Is asking like, how would you, how would you dictate that? So the, the idea is that, you know, taking what I've learned before is that everyone has areas that they can improve on. It doesn't matter how talented you are. It doesn't matter. There's areas in your body um, that are dominating and uh, in, in compensating for areas that are probably a little bit weaker or maybe not. you're not as in tune with those areas. Um, so the first thing we have to do is identify what those issues are. And to do that, um, you can go through different types of movement assessments, um, different types of uh, structural postural assessments as well mm. so posture is going to posture is going to tell it to going to tell me or someone who's well trained and understanding the posture from head to toe what that person's tendency is probably going to be um so for me i can typically judge so say just based on someone's hip pattern uh sometimes you know say an anterior posterior tilt mm. right it's typically if people have an anterior tilt uh, 
that means they're going to have a little bit more tightness in front, in the hip flexor area, whatnot. They're going to have difficulty extending their hips, um, and their lower back's going to be kind of stuck in extension a little bit. Um, and they're going to be more likely to use their hamstrings for things. Uh, so typically, people like that, for instance, I don't have to have an issue telling them to stick their butt back when they're squatting. It's just going to happen because right. it's already kind of loaded like that. Whereas someone who's posteriorly tilted is is going to have an issue squatting, typically. Um, typically, I can see right away their feet are going to be probably pointed out. They're probably going to have a little bit wider stance because they're more comfortable there. They're going to have a lot of tightness in their glutes, and they're kind of stuck in extension, if you will. And they have difficulty anteriorly tilting their pelvis and getting into a position to where they can load uh, their body in like a squat position or flex position. Um, so if I look at somebody like that, say who has difficulty posteriorly, uh, who has difficulty anteriorly tilting and going into a squat, so they're going to have trouble sticking their butt back and activating their hamstrings, I can use the dynamics of the mace. So if I put the mace to my side, okay, and now I'm affecting the body in the linear plane and the weight's behind me, we talked about the weight's going to shift your center of mass, right, the mace is. Right. So now if I'm straight armed and that mace is kind of lined up with the top of the hamstrings, kind of where the hips are, when I squat now, that shift is going to be posterior, or it's going to be shifting back posterior in relation to where I'm facing. And it's going to almost auto-correct that person's tilt. Okay. Um, yeah. just, just where the mace is. Yeah. So knowing that is really important because I know also that I want to avoid with that person having the mace head forward with my arms to the side around the hip area and squatting because they're already forward. So that base is going to shift them forward more. I want to avoid that. I want to balance them out by getting them to understand what it's supposed to feel like going into a squat pattern with more balance, if you will. Right. And I don't have to tell them anything, right? Like normally I might tell someone, make sure the weight's on your heels or try to like engage the hamstrings or let's, let's try to have you both tilt your hips back and keep the weight on your heels and think about your hamstrings, three things, you know, what if I could just give someone something, tell them, make sure that stays here when you're squatting and that is going to correct them. Saves me a ton of time and energy. They don't have to think of anything. Ultimately, I want them to do that without having to think about anything anyway. Right. So it's kind of an ideal way of training that way. So using little things like that, which involves understanding exactly what's happening if someone has a limited shoulder range of motion, for instance, like what's shifted forward? Is someone's head shifted forward relative to their rib cage? Vice versa. Is someone hips in their rib cage? Are they out of alignment front to back, side to side? If I can find that out, then I can put the mace in a position to where your body's going to experience more balance and it's going to um, essentially adapt in a more balanced way. So the outcome is going to be better. For the person long term and that, that's how i've been using the mace to really help me get out of my faulty movement patterns much quicker um, than if i were just thinking about like stretching one area one area um, i could stretch that area but i could also uh, have a, a very big impact on what's happening there by using the mace as a corrective tool yeah yeah so you so you're gonna do everything else but then you add the mace in as another layer to to correcting you keep exactly. you keep correcting that same faulty pattern with different mm -hmm. techniques and different tools throughout your throughout your training period. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't have to necessarily, like, you don't have to necessarily tell a person what you're doing. Right. Because they don't really care. You know, I mean, yeah. they just want to do something that's going to be challenging, hard. They want to be burning calories. They want to make, you know, they trust you that you're doing stuff that's going to make them better. Yeah. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't say that all the time, but I know it in my head that not only is this going to be hard for them, which is, you know, a lot of, a lot of training programs are just meant to be very hard, which is one thing, but you know, anybody, you could come up with something that's very hard. That's not that difficult to do, right. yeah. but what's very hard, but also as beneficial as it can be for that particular person. And so like, that's, that's the kind of stuff like I want to know, like, that, that one hour I'm spending with this person, they're going to get the most they can possibly get out of that one hour. Um, and I think the mace has, has helped me change my viewpoint as to how I can get that accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really cool. You just mentioned something about like, you know, you don't necessarily have to tell the client um, what you're doing it for or whatever. And, and that's, I think that's a good tip, like a, from a coach to other coaches, coming up yeah. in the ranks right like you know you don't want a, your client to actually get bored and stuff either right they want to feel like they're having fun if you just put a mace in their hands and you're doing all that stuff you're taking care of all that thinking in the background but they're just having fun with it yeah you're gonna they're gonna be happier they're gonna feel good right they're like oh i tried this new thing a mace they're gonna go tell their friends they're gonna keep coming back to see you they're not gonna get bored and say ah that's not doing nothing for me anymore and yeah. they go on and jump to another coach or whatever it's a great way to retain a client it's a great way to, to just give them something fun to do um i, I had a, a one person i was training him traditional weight training and and i finally got him to try the mace and then after he realized how cool it was he admitted to me that he thought it was the stupidest thing he ever saw and he didn't think it worked. But after he tried it, he he's eating his own words, you know, and now yeah. he, he it's fun for him. And I don't really. Yeah, you're right. I don't tell him anything about what it's good for. I think it's just fun. You know, yeah. he's like, I yeah. feel like I'm just doing something different. You know, that's good enough. Yeah, for sure. It's different. Um, and it's you can use it for like things like flows much easier than you can with traditional weightlifting, right? You can do, yeah. there's lots of more possibilities with it than with like, obviously like a barbell or something like barbell, you're kind of limited in what kind of flows you can do to an extent. Right. Mace, you can go from double hand to single hand right away, right? You can go, you can flip it to where it's one side versus the other side kind of right away. And then you can flip yeah. that to kind of more of a linear focus or lateral fo or frontal focus or transverse focus immediately. You know, so you can get in and out of these movements so quickly and it becomes like, I, I love the flow component to the mace. That's kind of why I got into it. Right. I wanted to get to the point where I, sometimes I just like pure freedom of expression and right. movement allows people to do that. Like a lot of times my stuff is very structured, but I always have times when I work out, it can be short amount of time, extended amount of time. Sometimes for months at a time, all my workouts are just, just literally I'll just come up with stuff as I go based on my understanding of things right. and I'll learn new things. I'll feel new feelings in my body. I'll get to new points in my body. I'm like, man, that's kind of tight. What's going on there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or, you know, just, just make it truly just like how I'm feeling at the time, you know? And that's gives me like a little bit of like of a creative boost, you know, um, and feeling. So uh, it's, it's, 
it's cool. It's cool in that, in that aspect. And then, you know, you can just flip it and one day do something that's purely based off, you know, like structure and, right. and function kind of thing. Um, so it's extremely versatile. It doesn't take up a ton of space. Um, it, it humbles people. Like you're, you can't really, you can't really fake it. You can't like fake it and go up another level. Right. Like if you're, if you're on a 10 and you're faking it, right. You can fake it on a 10, whatever. You can't then go to a 15. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, Cause yeah. unless, unless you know what you're doing, it's like, you're not going to be able to hold the 15 for very long. If right. you don't know how to use 10 correctly. And then the 20, it's like, you can forget about it at that point. So, you know, if people are using a 20 or with a flow, that person has some skill with the mace. Like it's almost impossible to, to, to fake that. Uh, so it, it requires you to be balanced to really be able to use it well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah. I, I do believe at the workshop in Chicago, what you, uh, you were using a 15 the whole time, right? I pretty think much. I was using a 15. Yeah. yeah. I, know, yeah. I was like, I know there was like a 15 and a 20 and I was like, just grabbing, I think me and Danny were probably switching like a bunch of times. We weren't really paying attention to that much. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like most of the time I like to use a 15. Mm -hmm. I, I really do. Um, because it, 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 I feel like I can do everything with the 15 and yeah. I feel like I don't have to, I can do as many reps as I want with the 15 and I just really like it. A 20, um, I got to the point where I was using a 20 only for a while and, uh, it was good. I liked it. Um, but it's like, if I don't continue using the 20 all the time, it 20 becomes kind of difficult again, yeah. when I, if I, you know, especially when the reps are concerned. Right. Um, and when I was using the 20, I was kind of like going between the 20 and the 30. Um, and I liked it, but it was, you know, it was always, it was always limiting. Like what you can do with a 30 is like, I can do one bout of something pretty good, but like, I'm not spending that much time, you know, I might be spending like 15 minutes doing like flows and stuff like that. And I'm tired. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, whereas at 15, I could like be in there all day doing cool stuff, still feeling like I got a really tough workout in, um, but just really exploring all kinds of different movements, exploring like how many reps and stuff like that I can do. Um, so, but there's, they're different. It's different. Yeah. You know? um, it's good. To, it's good to do light and heavy. You know, sometimes I, I do see people doing only light period. And then, you know, their argument is like, light's great because you can do everything with it. And you never need heavy. But the principles of movement with heavy stuff versus light stuff is different. So I, I just think you want to be able to move heavy stuff really well. And you want to be able to move light stuff really well. So you, you kind of have to sometimes switch between heavy and light. So you just remember what it feels like to lift heavy stuff with light stuff. Because during your life, Sometimes you're going to have to lift heavy stuff. What are you going to do if you've never trained that, you know? Uh, so, so yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's all over the board when, when you're living your life. Yeah. You got to be um, able to handle some heavier weight. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. 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 Hey, I mean, it goes without saying. Sure. So now, um, are you also have uh, a lot of um, things going on with CBD and Yes. So yeah. I also uh, started a company called Well Vibes Organic. Um, it's premium CBD supplements. Um, when did you start that company? I started that company uh, officially probably February. 
Um, and congrats on that. It's hard it, starting a business and it is, yeah. it is. It's, it's definitely hard starting business. Uh, but it's, it's been going pretty well, man. Like it's been going pretty well. Um, luckily the timing of it all allowed me to have a unique opportunity, you know, um, federally hemp based products period became legal in the United States. Um, you know, last January and, uh, not a whole lot of people knew that. Um, and it just so happened at the time I, I had been studying. I'm like a, I'm a nerd. First of all, I'm just going to get that out there. Like I, like I played football and all this stuff. And a lot of people think like, I'm kind of like more of like a jock type or whatever, but I kind of been hiding my nerdiness for a long time, I think. Um, so, but I just get really interested in stuff. And so, you know, I was, I was, at the time I was studying like what's called adaptogens. So like different yeah. herbs that can help, um, you know, all kinds of different processes in the right. body. It's really amazing. Um, but I was studying that I was going through this like online course for like, um, herbalism and, and understanding like how you would use all that stuff. So I kind of already had that background knowledge. I hadn't even really used CBD at the time. Um, but I, I could understand it because I had that foundational knowledge. Like I could understand how CBD could be helpful. And I tried it myself and I noticed a difference in my, um, mobility. Um, my, my, I, I would have social anxiety sometimes when I meet a lot of people at, at, at the same time, or if I were doing like a speaking engagements and stuff, I could kind of feel that go from like not anxious to anxious, like very quickly. Right. Um, and it had like a drastic effect on that to where I could literally go in a room with like 50 people and I could just feel ultra confident to give a presentation you know what i mean yeah um, and to me that was like wow yeah this, that's awesome. you know this is very valuable it yeah. affects it's kind of like the intersection between mind and body right like it affects body and the mind equally um and i just started doing a bunch of research into it and making sure you know safe was the best way to find out like how, how you find out when a product's uh, you know, clean product or not um understanding why different ingredients would be in a product uh, so on and so forth and te you know started having my clients use some product and work well with them and i was like this works yeah as well just you know start this and um so started that and it really has, has taken off and you know it the barrier for that business is is the lack of of education about cannabis period in the united states uh, just because like the campaign against it, that's just based off zero facts and research. Right. Um, and now the research is impossible to ignore, you know, like you can't say that CBD isn't great for you. It's great for you in a variety of ways. Um, you know, it's just the government right now, they're trying to figure out how, how to regulate it so that sure they can get paid and, and, and you know, people also can't come out with nonsense right. um, and, and stuff. So um, we're at that point right now, but if you can understand it, it's, it's invaluable in helping out like a healthy lifestyle. For sure. it does, it, does it have THC in it or is it stripped of it? Um, so the well lives so my products don't have THC. It's stripped of it. Okay. Uh, there are products that do have trace amounts of THC. You can legally have uh up to 0.3% THC in your product. Um, and it's still, it's considered hemp, not 
not marijuana at that point. Right. Um, but, you know, I know people have jobs and stuff and, and uh, you know, they get drug tested. So if, even if there's minute amounts, you're depending on the state you're in. California, it won't matter, but a lot of other states, it does matter. Even trace amounts, you, it's basically THC's there. So period. that small amount can still be detectable then? Yeah, small amounts can, can still be detectable in drug tests. Yeah. It depends on the drug tests. It depends on a lot of different factors. Um, you know, obviously it depends on what you're eating and drinking as well. Right. Uh, but I don't, you know, I understood like people don't want to take that chance. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's worth it. Absolutely. But you know, people would rather take say Tylenol or something. Yeah. Well, if they know it's not going to fail the drug test. Right, yeah. Right. And I'm just thinking about my line of work, you know, like we're not allowed to, you know, partake in anything that has THC in it. Um, and you know, I'm, there's a ton of firemen out there that are all like beaten up inflammation and, you know, like lack of sleep. And so, you know, you get, you, you, there's, there's good reasons to take something like that, but if yeah. you're going to get in trouble because you, you, you took it, then yeah, you're going to take four Tylenol every three hours and, right. and, and have internal bleeding in your stomach instead. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's like, that's, I can't get it. Like I cannot get over that. It's really sad to me. Yeah. It's really sad. Yeah. Um, but, but that's why I felt compelled to come out with come out with a product, and that's why I wanted to go no THC. I was even researching it, like, like is it is it hard to get rid of the THC? And it's not. It's really just has to do with different um, distillation points when it goes through a process, yeah. you know, of converting it to steam and then converting it back into liquid again. Like, there's different temperature levels, so they can easily just set the temperature to where the, the THC is extracted out, and then CBD is extracted out separately and simple as that. You yeah, know what I mean? right. It probably I'm, just I'm, costs more for the company to do it and it's yeah, going to make the yeah. product cost a little bit more. But obviously, right. yeah, you could do anything you want to do. I mean, with the, right. the, the advances in science that we have and you can't just, you know, get the get the whole uh, molecule out is, is nuts. So that's exactly. that's good. So your product um, actually has none in it. So firemen cops anybody that is concerned about something showing up in a drug test they could take it they could take it yeah. and they won't have to worry about it and um, the what about the dose um because i remember looking it up and i was confused uh, this one online product uh, i don't remember the name but it was like uh, 100 milligrams per dose or something but then i'm reading over here that you should only be taking 10 milligrams per dose is there is it regulated or it's just all over the place it's it's all over the place for for to, for a simple answer i guess yeah um cbd should almost be treated it's it's it is an herbal supplement um and herbal supplements are just not, it's just not that simple to say that this that a person should take this many milligrams the first thing that we should think about is is there a threshold to where CBD can be very dangerous? That, that's like the first thing I'm thinking about. So yeah. I want to make sure people aren't taking too much of it. Right. Right. There's really, there's really not, I mean, like the amount you would have to take, it would, it would just cost you too much money to take it. Like you'd be taking like entire bottles of tinctures, like one after another, you know what I mean? Right. Just wouldn't happen. Um, and it wouldn't even be dangerous, like lethal necessarily it would may just, I don't know, you might fall asleep or something. I, you know what I mean? Like it, 
there's varying research that shows that like the people that have taken vast amounts were just like tired. Some people didn't feel anything, but everyone's different in, in regards to how their nervous system reacts to things, like their reactivity. Um, and just to give you an example of reactivity in the nervous system, someone who gets like me at the time was like from an anxiety standpoint, my anxiety would shoot up through the roof very quickly. I had a very sensitive nervous system. Um, so when I take CBD, I, it, I was a drastic change right away, even taking, even taking a little bit of CBD. So I didn't, I didn't really have to take that much. I was taking around, you know, 15, 16 milligrams at a time, which is a, a common like standard dose right. between 10 and 25, 10 and 30 even. Um, you're really not going to find a whole lot of products that are out of that range. So like anywhere from 10 to 30 is fine. You know, they say take the, the minimum effective dose uh, because just like anything over long periods of time, when you're taking it, it you're probably going to have to take a little bit more to get the same effect. Um, or you might not need to really be taking it at all after a certain point in time, who knows? Um, but you know, if I could, if, if you take 15 milligrams first and it's working well for you, then continue to take 15 milligrams as long as you can until you feel like I probably need to go to 20 milligrams like that. And, you know, there have been studies that have shown people taking up to like 500 milligrams at a time. Wow. And, and them not being affected by, like not okay. being affected negatively by it. Right, right. So, so ultimately the threshold for continuing to go up is, I mean, you can just keep going. It's not like, so you're going to get to a point where like it just absolutely does not work for you at all um and or that it's going to be like i'm taking so much now where it's dangerous like for instance like tylenol it's like people don't want to get to the point where now they're, they're popping five tylenol at a time and it's barely working right and you have a problem because you know a lot of tylenol over time is going to be negative for you right whereas this is is, is different you don't have to worry about that same it, it works more subtly it's it's works with much more intention it's not just like trying to like freaking bomb like if i'm using just like a war analogy it's not trying to bomb the problem yeah. it's trying to like you know go in and subtly you know handle the problem quietly that kind of that kind of thing if that makes sense yeah yeah uh, so um there's definitely much more you, you don't have to worry about like all the, the negative circumstances you would with a lot of like pharmaceutical drugs or over-the-counter medications right yeah that's always uh, a good way to to approach it you know if somebody's looking to handle inflammation or anxiety before you go down that path pharma path which you may have to and we're not yeah. saying you don't have to but before you do look into these other things that are holistic and you know maybe you could you could find something that helps a lot or even if you are gonna you know uh, anxiety is a good one uh, some people have to go on medication just to you know handle social interactions and everything and Maybe they don't have to take as much if they could yeah. if they could take some CBD and, and they could reduce the dose that that pharma product whatever it is it does have some uh, side effects and and you, they they can affect you greatly so it's always a good approach to go in subtly as you said yeah. I like that I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna look up uh, your product and and uh, look into it because you know I mean if if it helps with stuff you know it. it it helps with stuff and and as long as it doesn't have thc in it i'm i'm happy with it you know so um what what's the uh you have a website for it yeah so the website's wellvibesorganic.com 
well vibes um, organic. Instagram at well vibes organic. Um, you know, if you want to just look at my little bit about my training, bodybybowens.com. Um, so my last name, body by B O W E N S.com. Um, and I have a link there. I think there's a well vibes link on that front page as well. Uh, and then I have body by Bowens as my Instagram. If you wanted to just look at some of the training stuff that I do on a regular basis. Uh, so yeah, you could definitely, you could definitely find it out there. Find a lot of information. There's, there's an entire page on my website for well vibes. That's that talks about kind of like the history behind cannabis and oh, good. what all this stuff means and like what it is. And I have a short video on there as well to help kind of explain it. Very smart, man. Yeah. You, you, Cause yeah, people need the proper education so they can make uh informed decision. That's good. You got that information there and um, yeah. And your knowledge of, about uh, the anatomy and, and your coaching uh, that that's, you know, you're spot on with stuff, man. You sound good. Uh, I hope uh, your clients are really enjoying uh, what you bring into the table. How long have you been coaching for? Uh, man, so maybe eight years now. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Eight, yeah. yeah. Um, you, and, and, you know, for anybody listening that might want to contact you, do you specialize in certain things other than what we talked about? Obviously, you know, you, you we covered some stuff, but is there anything that you didn't mention? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, when I, when I got done playing college ball, I, I was got into college strength and conditioning for, for sports. So it was all like sports based. Um, you know, I, I had experience training, um, you know, NFL combine guys with a private, with a private, uh, a private training company called Exos, um, which are, they're, they're great. Um, you can definitely look into them. I know they I think they're partnering with, um, on it now on education to, 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 Kind of bring that to athletes as well right um and then i got into corporate wellness um like intel walgreens so i like kind of i've worked with all kinds of different people um and i've been blessed to be able to to work with tons of individuals um just by nature of like of my job like, you know i wasn't always just a, a personal training is different like i have to go prospect and find my own people you know when i'm personal training now there was a time of, you know, three years, four years where I was working corporate wellness and there were, you know, when I was at Intel, it was free for everyone working there on the campus and there's like thousands of people, right? So it was like every day I was seeing new people, training new people. When I got to Walgreens, every day I was inputting new people, taking them through, you know, body fat, movement assessment, um, you know, every single day, multiple different people and at and in the personal training world, you just don't run into that many people that much if you're just doing private training. So like that was, that kind of gave me a, a leg up just working with people. Sure. Yeah. All the variety and different ways that people move. And, you know, that's how, I, that's how I started finding that. Like, you think, you know what you're doing? Like if I work with 10 people and I'm like, they're, they're having success, I think I know what I'm doing, you know, and then I have five people that are just completely different than those former 10 people. And it's like, thought I knew what I was doing there has to be something else that's affecting to where there could be this much right like that's I think that's what kind of drove like my obsessive nature about really really trying to understand how can I understand quickly what this person's issue is so I can try to address it as quickly as possible yeah right. you know where as a lot of times we're just like throwing the kitchen sink at them and hoping that something within this you know, framework is working 
but how can I really be able to say that every single movement is working in this program? And would that make a difference? And I found that it, it does make a huge difference. And yeah. so that's why now I'm, you know, I created restorative mace training. I'm working with a, a, a training system called VIRES training system, which stands for vitality and resilience. Um, and, you know, I really want to get that good information out to coaches and, you know, artist enthusiasts. Like how, that work, you know? how can, uh, is that something that they would have to contact you about? Like to, That's something they would have okay. to contact me about. So DM you or, or, uh, yeah, yeah, DM me. DM me if, if, if you know if people just want to talk right. about that. Yeah. Then DM me. Right. And we can talk about that. Um, but I'm working on getting some workshops and stuff like that together. And, you know, I'll be starting in this area. And then, you know, if people are interested in having workshops, they can contact me, DM me, and, you know, maybe I can travel and do some workshops. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, Danny Cola uh, is, was, uh, we were talking when I was out there and he is going to, eventually come out here to jersey to probably do a steel mace workshop maybe you're gonna go with them but mm -hmm. even if even if not you know if you're gonna travel and do those particular workshops like you were just talking about yeah hit me up let me know you want to come out here and let's see if we can set something up That'd sure be cool. man. yeah i'd love to man and yeah. yeah me and danny are gonna be doing some workshops together we got one coming up november 23rd out here um in, in park ridge um illinois uh so anyone in chicago area if you're interested definitely let me know about that um but yeah that's gonna man. be a steel mace workshop steel mace yeah. and bodyweight workshop yeah uh, so it's... dan's gonna be doing the steel mace stuff similar to what he was doing uh, the last time and then i'm gonna be bringing in that that bodyweight flow component to it getting people to understand how to do a flow yeah just some basic flow patterns and just practicing uh you know how to how to train for the flow uh so it's it's gonna be fun man yeah, cool, man. I can attest to that. I was, you know, I was there. I was, so I was took your workshop with Danny. I enjoyed it. It was a basics 101, and it still, I still got something out of it. Not that yeah. I'm so advanced, like, like I, I, I can't get something out of it. But you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I mean, we, yeah. the basic movements, like as if somebody just picked up a mace for the first time. Most of the people there were very new at it. And um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it's always good to go over the basics. I don't care how far down the line you are. It's always good. So you guys are doing a good job with that. And, um, you know, I'll definitely want to take another one if you guys, especially if you guys do like a more advanced one. Uh, I think you guys got something good going on. So I hope yeah. people listening jump on that. And, and if you're, yeah, if you're in the Chicago area, people check these guys out. Um, okay. Yeah. He's I with, appreciate it, Brad. Thank you very much, man. Like, I mean, meeting you was, was, was fun. It was great. I could feel your enthusiasm about the mace, man. Like, literally, I was still a little tired. I got the time I walked through the door. I'm, like, setting up my stuff, still a little tired. Yeah. And I could tell you were, like, ready to rock and roll. I could feel that. So that was cool. Yeah, it's, a, it's the whole vibe, man. It's you and then and everybody's just psyched to be doing this stuff. And, and I, I think it, like, it just it gets catchy, you know? So, For sure. Yeah, that's why, and I, I like I like the collaborative kind of uh, feeling too that everybody has. Like we're we're all supporting each other, so um, you know I got your back, you got my back. It's 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 a nice thing. It's a nice thing in this world nowadays, right? You know, exactly. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, working yeah. together. Who'd have, yeah. who'd have thought that'd be nice? <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. So yeah, Howard, thank you, man. I appreciate you 
uh, coming on the podcast and and adding some really intelligent content to it. I hope uh, the the listeners will get something good out of it, coaching stuff and and anatomy stuff and everything. Um, I know I learned something, and that's always my goal when I uh, do my podcast is to try to learn something special from my guest. And you definitely enlightened me to some stuff, so I appreciate it r- right from here. And I think the listeners will too. Thanks. My pleasure, man. I'm, I'm always, uh, I, I really have a passion for, for, for teaching and just helping people and, and just, you know, sharing my passion. So yeah, man. Um, it's, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Anytime. If you want to come back on, let me know. Cool. All right. Perfect. Stay warm. 18 degrees out there. You keep that hood try on. My hardest is, is freaking freezing, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's so, been a thanks. pleasure. Thank you, sir. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, uh, we'll have to, Definitely have to do another one because hell yeah. If you ask, if you ask Danny, if there's one thing I can do is talk about stuff. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys are peas in a pod there. I think we all three of us are. We all like to do do some jawboning, so yeah, it's always so. good. <laughs> so cool, man. All right, all right. Um, have a good one, and uh, we'll stay in touch. All right.